Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe. On the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 28th episode of The Edge of Every Day here on talkradio.nyc. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or of course, you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com. And please tune in to any of my previous episodes with my inspiring guests. In a nutshell... This show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we're resistant to change, those places where Paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs, in our understandings, both about ourselves and about the world around us. Those places we don't want to look. We live in turbulent times, and we are coming to understand that life isn't simply black or white. It must be an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, it is time to introduce our guest this evening. Judy Neal is an author, scholar, speaker, and consultant. Her primary focus has been on workplace, spirituality, transformation, and global consciousness. After receiving her PhD in organizational behavior from Yale University, she served as an internal consultant to Honeywell for eight years. Judy then taught management at the University of New Haven for 17 years. Her research was on business leaders who have a strong commitment to their spirituality, and she researched the ways in which they bridged the invisible world of spirituality and the material world of business. Judy was, Judy was founding director of the Tyson Center for Faith and Spirituality in the Workplace at the University of Arkansas. She was a co-founder and former chair of the Management, Spirituality, and Religion Interest Group, as one of the founding editors of the Journal of Management, Spirituality, and Religion, she is on the journal's editorial board and is also on the board of the journal, journal's parent organization, the International Association of Management, Spirituality, and Religion. Judy now serves as the executive director of the Global Consciousness Institute. Judy was the founder of the International Center for Spirit 
at Work and the International Spirit at Work Awards, and is the president of Edgewalkers International, a workplace spirituality community. Judy is the author of eight books on workplace spirituality and transformation, including Edgewalkers, People in Organizations That Take Risks, Build Bridges, and Break New Ground. Her recent books are Integrating Change, The Art, the Craft, and the Science of Transforming Organizations, published September 2021, and Workplace Spirituality, Making a Difference, published in January 22. In her spare time, she writes songs and plays guitar and electric bass in an all-woman band called She's Us. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Oh, my goodness. A complete pleasure. I mean, you know, the, the, I could go on and on. Her bio could go on and on. Just incredible, uh, prolific amount of writing and service to the world. This is such an honor to have you on my show. Oh, thank you. It's really an honor to be here because you and I are in the same conversation. We care about the same thing. So I'm so excited about this time we've got together. Oh, truly, truly, truly. Well, I always like to, to start out with the way that I get have my guests on the show. And I just love the story so much I have to tell it. Uh, so I was invited by a girlfriend of mine, Leslie Michaels, who um, is, wrote a book called um, On the Shoulders of Mighty Women. It's coming out in June. And she asked me to contribute a chapter to it. Um, and I'm going to have Leslie on on June 6th. So listeners take note. Anyway, I came up with, um, while I was writing it, I came up with the title Reluctant Leader. And I started thinking about the phrase that I walk along the edges of so many different communities, and I don't find myself in, always in the center of them. And I don't know what inspired me. One day, I just literally just Googled it, edge walking and walking the edges of communities. And edgewalkers.org springs up on my computer, and it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. And on this website is a profile about edge walkers talking about the qualities that they have, the profile, um, the skills that they have as people, as leaders. And in your focus, of course, is on, on the workplace. And so we're going to dive completely into that. But I just, and I loved what I read and I took the profile and I reached out directly to Judy who responded immediately. And we've had two Zoom conversations and I just feel such a kinship and mm -hmm. like I've known you forever. And it's just such a joy to have discovered you and your profound work. So let's dive in. What's Edgewalkers? Tell us <laughs> who and what is an Edgewalker, Judy Neal? Yeah, you've already described so much of it <laughs> and, uh, and you live it. So um, I do indeed. Yeah. It, it's an edge walker, someone who walks between worlds, mm. and um, you can define that in lots of different ways. I define it primarily between the material world and the spiritual world, or you might say the visible and the invisible world, um, that, that we know there's something more than just what meets the eye. 
mm-hmm. but it could also be defined as walking between cultures yeah. or walking between different functions in an organization, being a bridge builder, being a translator, being someone who pushes the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, edge walkers get bored very easily. Very easily. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I want to know what's next, what's new, what's emerging. Just a tremendous curiosity and a, mm-hmm. a hunger to know more about the world and to expand our own edges and boundaries. Indeed. So that, that's the primary definition. Someone who walks between worlds and builds bridges between those worlds. And, and hybrids, connects, dot connects them. Yeah. Were you, tell me, were you somebody, uh, we're going to get back to edge, edge walkers, but I, were you aware that you were aware as a, as a young person? Were you aware that you were going between w- worlds? Yeah, I really was. That was uh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and probably a lot of your listeners are too. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I had mystical experiences as a child, and I knew enough not to talk about them, <laughs> right. you know, because uh, people would think I was crazy. I was afraid that's what they would think. And, and I didn't feel like I was crazy. I felt like those mystical experiences were beautiful. They were comforting. Mm. They provided wonderful information. Uh, and so I counted on them as an, another way of knowing what reality is. Absolutely. Yeah, I always uh, I talk about people like you and I. This is how I describe myself. I was the kid with the antenna ah, in the corner uh, of the room that could could go jump between the energies mm-hmm. and could really understand the, the energy that was at play and, and where those edges were. Mm-hmm. Um, so your your understanding of going between being an edge walker was something that you walked with your whole life. So how did you, what spurred the understanding of edge walker? I mean, tell us the story of how edge walker evolved. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a confluence of different things, which I'm sure. is typical. Confluence of edges. <laughs> Absolutely. I had been interested in spirituality and spirituality applied to the workplace because of some of my own experiences of living my spirituality at work and seeing what a difference it made. Mm. And both when I was in the corporate world and when I was in the university. Um, And, you know, like I would pray before I walked into a meeting or, um, or into a classroom and just ask for guidance to be my highest self and to bring love into the room and magic would happen. And so I knew for me personally that it was making a difference and for those I touched. And so I got curious and wanted to study that more. And I would run into people in conferences who were doing the same thing. So I knew I wasn't alone. And that's really important because when we're on the edge, the edge actually means not being in the center, not being in the mainstream. And that can be on the margin, to be marginalized, which is lonely, which, you know, we're tribal animals and we want to be a part of things. And yet we don't want to be restricted by the middle, by the center. And so it's it's an interesting, edgy place to be. Uh, And so I began interviewing leaders that I ran into 
uh, that or I heard about who had a strong spiritual life and who were very effective. Because this was back in the early 90s and the, the common wisdom was if you're spiritual, you're not practical. If right, you're spiritual, you're flaky. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. If you're spiritual, you're new agey and that means fluffy. And Yeah. You're not intellectual. You're not certainly not academic. Oh, certainly not academic. <laughs> Questionable on on all the edges. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I was finding these wonderful leaders. I mean, the the vice president for AT and T, vice president of international. He ran AT and T for Canada, and mm. he his name is Michael Stevens, and he um, was raised Catholic and went to mass every day when he could, which was most of the time. But he traveled internationally. And then he studied um, meditation, and he would meditate for 20 minutes a day. And he really got so centered that he felt that his effectiveness was because he was a more loving being wherever he was. And his policies became loving. He really cared about the human beings who worked for the company. And so he created loving policies. And I'd meet people like him, and it was so encouraging, and I could tell his story, and that would encourage other people. And so I was doing that research on what these leaders were doing who were very effective and very spiritual. Many different traditions, some no religious tradition whatsoever, but very committed to some kind of spiritual practice. Beautiful. And at the same time, I was running a leadership group where the group met in my house once a month, Oh, and lovely. would they would bring um, a business issue, and okay, I'm going to interrupt you real quickly here because we've got to go to break. This okay. is a great moment. So the business group, we're going to yes. hear about the business group in your home when we come back from break, and then we're going to move uh, into workplace spirituality and all of the uh, books that Judy has written when we come back on the edge of every day with Doctor. Judy Neal. Stay tuned. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Dr. Judy Neal. So let's dive back into that story in your living room. (laughs) So the leaders met once a month. They would bring a business problem. And then we would all support that person energetically as Mm. well as with practical guidance. And then during the month, we would hold that person in prayer or in the light or whatever each person's spiritual practice was so that they felt supported during that whole month. And then they would come back and report what happened. And miracles would happen over and over again. Oh, my gosh. And so it was this wonderful practical and spiritual integration. And at the same time, I read an article in Fast Company magazine, which had just come out, and it talked about how change happens on the edge of systems. And I went, oh my goodness, when I, yeah. <laughs> when I think about all my work and organizational change, uh, you know, it's the mainstream is for stability, the edges are for transformation. And I always felt on the edge of a system. And then I realized, well, that's where I like being and I want to help support change. That's home, even though it's lonely sometimes and uncomfortable and as you say, rough. It's a rough edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, I was reading that and I was talking about how they told the group about this article. And I said, you know, they they're like edge walkers. I just sort of made the word up because (laughs) one of the things the article said was it's holographic. People who are on the edge of systems who are change agents tend to live on the edge of town. They tend to be they just want to be on the edge of systems all the time. So I went. They're edge walkers, and the group went. We are edge walkers, and they just, you know, felt so attracted to that term. And then I started sharing that idea with other people, and they really got it, and began asking me questions that I couldn't answer about edge walkers. So I had to, you know, interview more people and and write about it and figure out what this thing is. And so it's mm. juicy. Yeah, very juicy. Real quick, the reason that my show is called The Edge of Every Day is my husband and I were out driving and and he there was a skeleton of a restaurant in the Catskills that we pretended, what would we call it if we bought that and, and turned it into something? And I said, The Edge. And he said, right. And he said, um, how about The Edge Effect? He said, did you know that that's a scientific term? He's a scientist. I said, no, tell me all about the edge effect. And he said, it's uh, where two different ecosystems come together. That edge is where you find the most diversity, the most creativity, the most, I mean, so it's exactly the same thing in the ecosystems. It's that's where the vibrancy is, where the change making happens, where the hybrids and the interweaving happens. Fascinating. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. Thank Fascinating. you. Fascinating. <laughs> so, um, 
so then you've just been developing that that really became this you 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 firm firmly planted in the edge walker understanding and fleshed that out and but you continued and we're going to get in this into this in the next se- section um uh, some other archetypes but the edge walker is edgewalkers.org for those of you who are listening who want to jump on that website in our next commercial break so i i want to back up a little to your to your um an intro more into your workplace spirituality what was the spark that got you into doing those two combining (laughs) spirituality uh was it literally like you, you just you noticed that you liked who you were better when you were actively bringing that into your workplace or was it a confluence of other things it was other things Mm -hmm. because I thought that I should never ever talk about my own spirituality or be open about it again you stay in that closet yep stay in the closet Um, and there was a real precipitating event I was working for Honeywell at an ammunition plant and I was in charge of organizational development Mm -hmm. I found out Honeywell was making faulty ammunition knowingly and I blew the whistle and that was the most terrifying moment of my life because I um, there was a movie out right at that time called Karen Silkwood and oh, right. in that movie Karen gets killed for blowing the whistle and um, and so I was really terrified but I was also terrified of not speaking out because I felt like I could never live with myself if I didn't do something about this because our own servicemen could die from because this was ammunition for the army and the navy and the air force and it was not functional and could kill our own servicemen so i blew the whistle and it had been my private internal practice to read something spiritual before i go to sleep every night and right the day i blew the whistle i that night you know i'm like really feeling like it's difficult to go to sleep what's going to happen next what are they going to do to me um, my husband got out his rifle and put it by the bed <laughs> she just you know it was like really oh, scary scary times and um that night i read um in shakti gawain a chapter called the universe is a mirror and it says we attract to us that which we need to learn from and that the universe will mirror us what we need we what we draw to us what we need to know and so i went what is it that i need to learn from this experience because it just was so shocking to me and i realized if i put it into one word the company lacked integrity so if i say out there is a lack of integrity and turn it around and make that a mirror Mm-hmm. I have to say, where do I lack integrity? And that was painful, but enlightening to see how I told people what they wanted to hear because I was that nice lady from Human Resources. Oh I was a people pleaser. I didn't speak out much at all. It was just, and I had to have courage and I had to change everything about who I was and how I lived. And all of a sudden, those spiritual principles became how I had to live on the edge of every day. It had to be every day. 
In every moment. In every moment. In every choice. In every breath. An extraordinary story. Thank you for for what what did any um what was the what what was the outcome from that? Well, first of all, they threatened my life and I had to disappear for a while. Oh my. I was told by a corporate to get out of town for my own safety. So, it was it was pretty scary. Uh and I had been a high talent, highly promotable person in HR future, incredible future. Well, I knew that was over. That was completely over. So I had to say, um, okay, universe, what is it you want from me now? And all I got as an answer was trust. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just began this time that I still live in called trusting the universe and that I'll always be shown what's next. And what was next was to leave Honeywell and go into teaching mm-hmm. and to be able to try to have a more positive impact on future leaders and to have them be able to lead with more integrity with a sense of their own spirituality with their own values um, so that's why I taught for 17 years at the University of New Haven and I was open about my spirituality and I started doing research as an academic and you know mm-hmm. that led to the books and to Edgewalkers and founding the Center for Spirit at Work and founding Edgewalkers International. Um, What happened at Honeywell um, was I ended up bringing a lawsuit against them because they fired me. And basically what they did was they took away all my job duties when I was there, locked me in a room that I couldn't leave, and put the people I blew the whistle on right in in a meeting room right outside my window. I mean, right outside my door. And so I had to walk by them every day and would hear things like, that whistleblower's dead meat. Now, the whistleblower was supposed to be anonymous, but I clearly wasn't. Um, and so I ended up several years later, basically, suing Honeywell and winning in federal court. Okay. <sighs> so you can look up Neal versus Honeywell as a federal lawsuit, and I won. And I... The lawyers took most of the money. <laughs> they worked hard. I have to give them that. And um, what I had left over allowed me to create the Center for Spirit at Work. Oh, I, felt, I, I call it Honeywell's karma. <laughs> <laughs> Integrity. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. Universe rose up. Oh, my, what a story. Wow. And I can... I, I'm just going to seg into your teaching. I can so imagine that you are a breathtaking teacher. Just, I love teaching, and I still do. And well, and you still you still are, for all intents and purposes, as a consultant, you're a teacher. And, yeah, and I mean, I it's, it's doc- it weaves through all of your work, through your mm-hmm. books, everything, of course. Yeah, and I just taught a, taught a doctoral class on leadership at George Washington University. So I really literally was a teacher. Oh, so you're uh, you're still actively teaching. I didn't realize that. I thought for some Sometimes, reason. Sometimes when, when the right thing comes up. Yeah. yeah. When the right thing comes up. Mm-hmm. When you are needed as we need you. Well, we this is a perfect moment to take our next break. And when we come back, Judy, we're going to talk about her books and continue talking about her work and workplace spirituality and 
And then we'll figure it out when we talk when we talk further what the rest of that section is going to be. <laughs> when you come back on the edge of every day with Dr. Judy Neal. Stay tuned. Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never And we are back with Dr. Judy Neal. So in this portion, I, I want to start off with uh, your most recent book, Workplace Spirituality, and and leap forward to what are the trends that you're seeing in today's um, business place with combining, I mean, because you've seen this movement from its inception mm-hmm. um, and and have contributed to it enormously so what trends are you and do you talk about that in workplace your most recent book what the trends are right now okay share a little bit about what they are with our listeners well i think it it helps to go back to around the early 1990s Mm. when kind of out of nowhere this there all of a sudden was a lot of publications about workplace spirituality being the next new thing. Um, you know, Fortune Magazine and U.S. News and World Report and um, all, just all these um, different magazines and newspapers and some TV shows and so on. And it was this wonderful expansion. Uh, I had just started the Center for Spirit at Work and, and we mm-hmm. had maybe 25 members. And when the U.S. News and World Report interviewed me, the next week I had 200 members and then it was not long before I had a thousand members because the word was just getting out and there's hunger for people to talk about their spirituality and how it's applied at work and to make it more acceptable to be more of a whole person 
And then when we hit the 2000s, there started to be religious lawsuits for uh, religious harassment. And all of a sudden, there was this real pullback from the corporate world. Like, oh, we can't talk about this because we might get sued. And that was one of the fastest growing areas of lawsuits. So the language really had to change, but the practices didn't, and the people's hunger for being their full selves in work didn't change. Um, But what happened, and is really the major trend now, is mindfulness at work. And I love the story of how that began. Uh, It began at Aetna, the the health insurance company, and a woman in HR in Aetna had her own mindfulness practice and found that it was so useful to her that she thought she'd offer a class to a few of her coworkers, and they found it very useful. So then they mm-hmm. decided to talk to Duke University and get into some research, and I offered it to, I think it was something like 200 employees over maybe six months where they went through a mindfulness program, and they found out that people's absenteeism went way down, their stress levels went way down, their creativity went up, their sense of leadership and compassion and connection went way up, and they found out that they saved something like two or three million dollars in healthcare costs with that particular group because people just weren't getting as sick or missing as many days. So there was a bottom line result. And then Google heard about it and Google took off like crazy. And when anything Google does is cool. Yeah. So everybody started. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. They are on the cutting edge. They are. Oh, my. Well, I, I mean, you know, you really touch on the, this is this sense of being a part of something bigger and the interconnectedness of life. No, we don't need to proselytize about our particular religion, but we can all understand the interconnectedness of life. I mean, we wouldn't be in a spiritual cri- or a environmental crisis if we had woven our sense of interconnectedness into every aspect of who we are. I have this, I got this off of one of your papers that I read today. This I'm going to read business. The motor of our society has the opportunity to be a new creative force on the planet, a force which could contribute to the well-being of many for that to occur. We must all substantially increase our commitment and in, to integrity and accountability and courageously make a quantum leap in consciousness beyond conventional solutions, beyond opposing forces, beyond fear and hope. So perfect. But, you know, it, we need to, to, it really is the workplace is the heart of it. It's really where this needs to show up because well, that's where the destruction our, is. Yeah, I mean, how, how much of our day do we spend at work? Well, these days we spend it at work at home, but we're still in, you know, interacting with colleagues as much, if not more, than yeah. we used to. And so it's such an important part of our, our life. Indeed. Yeah. Well, this seems like a good place to jump to community. Um, mm. And uh, we, we may not get to your pick uh, agents, your diagram. Um, but we may in the next section have enough time for that. Um, I wanted to speak with you about edge walkers and building community. And you and I had talked a little bit about this, how this 
I think everyone during COVID has been pulled to a sense of community in a, a very organic and, and what feels like a brand new way. And what I would, I would think of it more as an ancient getting yeah. back to remembering who we were, like remembering who we are in, in workplace spirituality. When we remember, are reminded of our truth, then we behave accordingly. But um, yeah, so can you speak to that? Absolutely. Uh, when I first started doing research on workplace spirituality, uh, especially in the academic world, uh, it felt completely risky for my academic career. And at the same time, I trusted the universe. So it's like, whatever, I'm going to be who I am. And if you don't like it, you'll fire me and the universe will take care of it. Yeah. And it'll all be okay. Um, but as soon as I started finding other people, then my courage increased. And I could push the edges even more. Yeah. And instead of being rejected, I became embraced by my university. I, mean, I think they liked the fact that I was quoted in Fortune magazine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that helps. You know, and Judy Neal from the University of New Haven. I think that, you know that's good for business. And uh, you know, so that was that was wonderful. Uh, but I really felt like people needed when you feel so alone and on the edge you need other people who may be on different edges a little bit but who see life in a similar kind of way yes you know indeed. the willingness to take risks the willingness to push the edges uh and you know for the greater good because mm. there's certainly people who take risks and push edges for selfish reasons but we're talking about for the greater good yeah. and then we can encourage each other and inspire each other and collectively we can make more of an impact. So I've created community in everywhere I've gone, and including in academia. So as you mentioned, the, the Management, Spirituality, and Religion Interest Group at the Academy of Management. Yeah. And the Academy of Management is for management professors all over the world. There's like 20,000 members. And we created this interest group within the Academy. I'm one of the founders because not that many people were talking openly about leadership and spirituality or communication and spirituality or um, teamwork and spirituality. And so there's people now, hundreds and hundreds of people doing research and teaching where they incorporate spirituality and faith and religion and consciousness into their work. And then they can learn from each other and expand. So I think really? it's essential. Well, in, to, in our post-COVID world, you know, as we talked about this sense of, I, and I'll just use myself as an example, this, this, you have a rich internal life and you're a loner and you're not a joiner, generally speaking, mm -hmm. and uh, as an edge walker, and you have this global community um, that you can connect with via Zoom. But this new poll for me, that was enough. But since COVID, I have really felt this pull and you in our conversation had a lovely metaphor for it this braiding of three types of community the internal with with self the global and then around i feel it around the land that i live on mm -hmm. my community whom i'm going to see the most in my every day and interact with in a in a deeper way every day 
And you've even built a building to draw community. <laughs> I did. Oh, this is a great plug. The Plum at TH2 Live on Instagram. Please follow me. Um, yes, um, a salon space in my community where I'm bringing, trying to bring together. And we just had a, a phenomenal event on climate change. Mm -hmm. And we wove in the spiritual aspect into the performance. Um, and we had speakers talk about um, the issues that we face here in the Catskills as well as globally. But we've, it was primarily focused on New York and the Catskills. And, um, and it's all about building community, local community, which is the first pull. And I, and I wonder, I think about that as an Edgewalker, the, um, which is why I was so excited to find edgewalkers.org. Um, and what I had done in my own community, wherever I've lived, is to have Edgewalker cafes, which oh, yes, my that's colleagues invented that term but it means that it's the same thing as salon mm. where people would come to my living room we would have some kind of topic a little bit of some spiritual practice and just be together with these crazy ideas and when COVID hit we took it online and now we have people calling in from Japan and Africa wow and it's just incredible and so um I'm sort of missing the living room conversations, and maybe we'll go back to that. But I will never let go of what's happened because of Zoom mm. and being able to be more internationally linked. Yeah, so, definitely. So it's a worldwide our... community now, and that just feels so wonderful. It gives me hope for the future. We need Indeed. our edge walkers. We need our edge walkers, and we need that hope. That's another. Yes. Um, you know, I was talking with someone today that in this, this societal perfect storm of crises that we're seeing on the planet, yeah. to, not, um, to not have hope means that you're not going to take any kind of action. You're not going to be out in the world serving. Right. Yeah. So edgewalkers give us hope because they can see further than others can see. So yes. we need to listen to our edge walkers and honor them. Indeed. Honor the edges. Honor the edge walkers. Well, so um, we have a, a, a just a minute to break, and I'm going to do a little plugging about your website. Um, so it's edgewalkers.org, and there is a bunch of um, resources um, on there. There's papers that Judy has written. There's interviews. Um and when we come back from our break, we're also going to talk with her about her leading edge, which you can also find on her website. But there's, uh, help me here, is what other resources can our listeners find on edgewalkers.org? Well, All of your books. Well, yes, there's, there, except for my, I have sold out of the Edgewalker book, so you have to go to amazon.com because I'm not going to distribute them anymore myself Got it. Um, but all the other books are there and um, yeah a lot of podcasts and um, surveys and instruments you can take and information about when our Edgewalker cafes are they're all recorded so you can um, listen to those and um, yeah I think that's the key things it's fantastic and we're gonna put uh, you on there this this program needs to be on our website Excellent. That would be awesome. That would be just awesome. 
So now it's time for um, a break. And when we come back with Judy, we are going to talk about what her next leading edge is. And we're going to hear about her music when we come back on the edge of every day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never rained. But it falls on the edge edge of of every day. And we are back with Dr. Judy Neal. So what is your leading edge, Judy? Well, I'm just deeply committed to exploring this idea of global consciousness now. Mm. And that's really arisen out of all the workplace spirituality work. Uh, because I've, you know, one of the things that, that I ran across years ago was Teilhard de Chardin and his work on the evolution of humanity. Yeah. And, um, you know, and if you read the news and you spend a lot of time reading the news, you feel like maybe humanity is going down the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, right. It's going backwards. It's not which, evolving. No, which is why it's so good to have positive media like what you're doing, mm. because they're, you, you can just get a distorted view of the world. Truly. And I, and I was starting to get that distorted view until I read Teilhard de Chardin. And then began to see, oh, there's really hope for the human race and for the climate and for humanity and for Mother Earth. And, uh, and I, I saw business as being so essential to that. Mm. Because business is, as you, the quote you read, which comes from John Horman, uh, that he said business is the motor of change on the planet. And so if business is conscious change is more likely to happen and it began to feel too slow for me yep. <laughs> frankly all of it is too slow yeah yeah or even going backwards and 
And so I thought, well, as an edge walker, you know, like what's the next over the edge? If business and spirituality and business is an edge, what's beyond that? Well, it's like planetary spirituality or planetary consciousness. And um, I know that there's been some very interesting studies out of the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab. And um, Say and that again, Art please. Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab. It's called the PEAR, P-E-A-R, the PEAR Research, um, that, that really looked to measure consciousness and to measure our consciousness over the material world, how we mm. can impact the physical world with our thoughts. And so if we think positive, we can have a positive impact. And they've um, now figured out ways to measure collective consciousness. And so that is, um, you know, like they've they got these, I don't know enough about it. That's why I want to learn more. But they have yeah. these instruments like all over the world that measure vibration. And they can tell when a significant event happens. There's actually an intuition beforehand where the vibration starts to get stronger, like right before 9-11, like the hour before the, the, the airplanes hit the Twin Towers, those measurements started to increase. And then they just went off the chart oh all over my. the whole planet. When, yeah, so there's, it's engineering research. Yeah, it's not, um, I don't want to put new age down because new, we well, want a new course, age. But, but of course, that's where a lot of people's brain, the, the, the relationship of science and spirit is, is one of the, you know, yeah, completely it's really intertwined, of course. Yeah, particularly quantum physics. Yeah. And the, the idea of quantum leadership. Uh, and so that's um, what I'm really wanting to learn more about and teach about and research mm. about and and support a community around it, too, and hold events and um, um, working on getting some grants to further do that kind of research and convenings. Uh, and then I'd like to I'm going to be co-writing a book with Shawan Lee, who's from Fetzer Institute, and he and I will be doing an edited book on global consciousness and you know, reaching out to the best minds in religion and in science and in teaching and all these different domains, art and so on, um, to see what people are thinking really on the edge of this idea of global consciousness evolving. Yeah. Well, and, and it truly is evolving. Yeah. And I think climate change is really central to that because we're, we're all in it together. And I think COVID, the the the, the mm -hmm. pre-show of COVID, really um, helped yank that into that yes. understanding of the interconnectedness of all of us, and yes. really outed some people. You know, the the some of the more um, baser instincts of uh, a handful of humans on on and helping to remind people about service to humankind and the planet. Yeah. And, how, and I'm glad you said a handful because it's not the majority. No, it's the not. The news might make it look like that. That is, most people want all of us to be healthy, all of us to flourish, all, everyone to have enough food and good education and take care of the women. Most people want that, the majority. Of course. Yeah. They just have to go out and vote. That's right. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Please do. Well, I want to spend our last time, I want to talk to you about 
your band and I listened to a couple of your tunes and I just love that you also have music in your life and you're a musician and so tell us about your band. Oh, my band is an all-woman band called She's Us and our website is she's us music.com. So and great, she's us. <laughs> we get confused down here in the south where I live in Arkansas and people go the Jesus band and I <laughs> Like, no, no man allowed. It wasn't I'm planned. <laughs> <laughs> no, just women. Um, and uh, and we have more fun. We love each other. We've been together seven years. And we each play at least one or two instruments. Mm-hmm. And we each write songs. And, and we, you play. We all, yeah, we all play. We all sing. Oh, I mean, you're ba- do you play what instrument? Oh, 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 I play bass. Yeah, I saw. Primarily. I was like, oh, yes, I love that. You like all cool in the corner. <laughs> you know, I grew up in folk music, and I was like, they called me Judy Baez because my songs were Judy Collins and Joan Baez. And, you know, the sweet, lilting soprano. And, and then I guess it's something about this time of life or something. But, you know, an edge for me is the more driving, masculine edge of a bass. And so it gives me a whole new voice and a whole new feel. And I love to rock out on bass. I just love it. I'm taking lessons and growing. And it's just, you know, a whole new experience. It's just delightful. And I love your, the one song that the, um, um, changing the world one floozy at a time. Susie was a floozy is the name of that song and if you go to Fayetteville Public Library that's where we did our concert and it's videotaped high tech oh my god they did a beautiful job and that song was written when we the four of us were partying together and um, and we were talking about well what's the name we use for women who seem to other people like they're having too much fun <laughs> <laughs> i.e. they're crazy but uh, yeah, they're edge walkers. Well, they were thinking more like tramp. Tramps, yes. Other words I might not say here. <laughs> that, and so our, our keyboard player went home and she says, I got to write this song. And because we decided floozy was our favorite word. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so wrote, well, I'm going to adopt that. I am going to become an official floozy fan. Let's create community for floozies. Yes, I'm down. <laughs> We'll come up with a fabulous uh, floozy fluff, fluff, fluff. I'm into alliteration, as you can tell. I can tell. You'd be a good songwriter. Uh, I, well, thank you. I have written a couple of tunes. Oh, I have to hear um, that. I'm a fledgling songwriter. A uh, but I fledgling. but I can say that I have written some, some songs. So Wonderful. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be great fun. Well, we are at the end of our hour. Judy Neal. And I have just loved this conversation. I am so grateful that you came on. Um, Again, it's edgewalkers.org. And another uh, resource that I wanted to share with people was that I discovered Mm spiritualityatwork.org is another place if people are wanting to think about um, spirituality in their workplace and, and perusing the Edgewalker website and using all of those incredible resources any last words that you would like to share with our listeners 
have courage, stay on your edge, push the boundaries, and have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Have fun. Well, I thank you all, all you listeners out there for spending an hour with Dr. Judy Neal and I. Remember, you are always at the edge of the miraculous. Until we speak again next week, take good care. Thanks again. Thank you. This is our last dance. This is our last dance. This is ourselves. Under pressure. Under pressure. Under pressure. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.